Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to another version of uh, Bill Road No Sports, Bros Pod. Um, here uh, an undisclosed location in New York. Happy New Year to everybody. First, I guess that's what we're supposed to say until, when do you stop saying Happy New Year? Is there like a cutoff? Uh, <laughs> well, we'll ask that. Well, after I introduce everybody, we'll tell them, when, when do you stop saying Happy New Year? But uh, here was my, my co-host and friend, uh, the great Jamal Murphy. Uh, Murph, what's happening? Everything's good, Bill. Everything is good. Uh, it's been a minute since we since we had a podcast, we took a, I think we took a Christmas New Year's break, uh, but no we're kidding. back. How long, how long has this been? Has this been? Don't I, I don't know. I, I'm going to say, I, I'll say no comment on that. No comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> we, 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 uh, we, we needed a break for the holidays, you know, it was very, very <laughs> hectic here in New York. Yeah, every day is a holiday. Yeah. 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 Well, good to see you, man. Happy New Year. You too. Happy New Year. And here with uh, our other, uh, uh, co-host, friend of the show, a great musician, great artist, great uh, Steve Wilson. Steve, what's going hey, on, Bill. man? Hey, Happy Bill, New great, Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to Murph. Great to see both of you. It's been a minute. Well, as we've seen it been a, in the business, it's been a minuet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but great to be with both of you, man. It's uh, been an eventful um, period we're in, so uh, you know, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot to talk about, but Happy New Year to you both. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we're all we're all sports fans and NFL fans, football fans, uh, and everybody's now talking about uh um uh, Brother Hamlin, uh the Buffalo Bills safety. And I'm just curious, uh uh where, where were each of you uh when when uh the uh, awful event of um, Monday Night Football happened. And just just to update everybody, um, apparently there's really good news coming out of the hospital in Cincinnati. Uh, uh, the doctors held a press conference uh, today, which is Thursday. They said that uh, he's really making progress. He was able to write uh, on a piece of paper to the doctors that uh, he wanted who won the game which is wow that a he remembers that he was in a game wow which is something and the fact that he was conscious enough to ask who won the game so that was really really great news but um so so where were each of you uh uh monday night and did you see it live yeah uh i was what you know i was watching uh monday night football uh you know it was a big matchup borough versus Josh Allen. So I was looking forward to it. My, my son, I was watching it with Kareem. Uh, mm -hmm. He's, he's now uh, very into football. So uh, he, he was looking forward to it. Uh, he was going to watch the first half with me. And, you know, when the play happened, you know, T Higgins caught the pass. And I saw, you know, my first reaction was like, wow, T, T Higgins really laid the boom on this. And uh, you could tell it was a, he actually hit, hit the defensive player. And I, I noticed it. I was like, wow, that was a hard hit, but I didn't think too much of it. And I actually didn't see, you know, I think right after the play, I saw they stopped play. I didn't see, I didn't see him fall, you know, real time. 
Um, and I saw they start to play for an injury timeout, and I just turned the channel. I was like, okay, there's an injury football. That's how it goes. So, so I turned the channel, start watching some basketball. I come back to the to the game. It's still they still haven't started yet, and you know, mm-hmm. so I turn it again. Then I come. Then finally, I come back to the game, and I'm like, wow, it still hasn't started. And there's an ambulance on the field, mm-hmm. and my son says, you know, I'm like, wow, there's an ambulance, and my son is like, did he die? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, right. and I'm just like, no, nah, get out of here. No, no, he didn't die. Little do mm-hmm. I know. Then, you know, a few minutes, few minutes later, it, it, it becomes that serious uh, to where we, we weren't sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I mean, that kind of struck me, you know, my son plays flag football. He's really into football. Big Patrick Mahomes fan. And, you know, he's, he's talks about, oh, I want to be, you know, I want to be an NFL quarterback. And then for him to see that play and then ask me, did, did the guy die? And I'm like, get out of here. Like that, what kind of, that's a crazy question, you know, but it turns out it wasn't that crazy of a question. So that's what I remember, yeah. you know, seeing that, yeah. seeing that. Play. So, so uh, we'll wait for Steve to come back, but did, you know, the logical question is, did you or your wife immediately, or did your wife come in and immediately say he's done with football? He will never <laughs> play anything other than flag football. She gave, she gave that look, you know, like, right. When he said that, and then, you know, I guess a little while later, she just gave that look, like that, that serious, stern look at me and him, like, like this is this is not good. Like, he should not be a football fan, period. <laughs> yeah, well, all right, right, right. Hey, Steve, what about you, man? Did, uh, did you, were you watching this live? Uh, how, how did well, you, uh, yeah, you know, I had just come in from the store and uh, I was in my kitchen and so I turned the game on my phone while I was preparing some food or something. And I saw uh, that the game had been delayed. And and then they showed, you know, uh, they didn't show the actual play at this point, but they were talking about, you know, it was going back and forth uh, to the ESPN studio and to the game. And they were talking about, you know, uh, something that had happened, but it wasn't saying anything in detail. So I... I texted a couple of friends who I knew would be watching the game and uh, said, Hey man, what, what happened? And then um, it was Warren Wolf actually, cause we were, we were texting back and forth with uh, uh, Warren Wolf texted me, I guess it had already gone to YouTube that quickly. And he texted me, uh, uh, you know, YouTube link. And I saw the play and I said, well, man, it looks just like a normal play. You know I mean? Didn't the, the hit didn't seem to be out of the ordinary for, but we, you know, uh, uh, assume is a normal football play. And uh, then when he got up and it fell over, I went, oh, man. And so my, I guess what went through my head, but well, was, is this a football injury or is it something else? And I guess that's yet to be determined, at least as far as we know, as far as I know anyway, in terms of what's in the media. So, but yeah, I, I was kind of like, you know, confused because that well, man, this is like a, seems like a normal football play. Was it something that caused him to fall out? And then when they talked about reviving him, I went, "Oh wow, this is another level." So this was, um, yeah, really, really out of the ordinary. Yeah, no, I mean, it was similar to me because, like, like you said, um, you didn't see it. I I saw the play, but I didn't see the aftermath of him falling. So when I turned the channel. And I finally came back and I'm, you know, I also was was texting like what, you know, I didn't know what happened. And then a friend of mine in a group text was like, 
he fell out. It, it reminded it reminded him of Hank Gathers. Mm. And then I was like, wow, okay. So when he said, you know, that that makes it a hundred percent serious when you hear that kind of comparison. And then so yeah. I actually, you know, went online and saw the play, and it, it did remind me of Hank Gathers. I mean, even though he took the hit first, you know, he got up and then he just, you know, just you know, completely falls down. And it was just, it was, I mean, it's, you know, it's just that, that really sad, sad feeling. Like you see something like that, you know, it's serious, you know, that's not, that's right. not, that's not anything normal right? Uh, that we see. So, and you knew it was, you know, basically a life or death situation at that point. You know, my, my reaction was kind of like yours, uh, Jamal, and to an extent yours, Steve, you know, I was in uh, Baltimore. I was at the, the Steelers Ravens game and was down in the hotel restaurant. And I just filed my Lamar Jackson column, you know, and uh, um, I'm watching the game and kind of like you, I saw, you know, we're used to this, you know, where guy go down, you know, plays around and they break to a commercial and you're like, okay. I mean, I didn't do like you did, Jamal. Turn the, <laughs> turn the channel. All right, next. <laughs> I was that cold blood. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> watch, watch, what, watch some other slaves run and jump. I'm just, watch I'm just, the, a, I'm just a cold, cold sports fan. Cold, you know what I'm saying? All right, next, next man. <laughs> but, but you know, it was one commercial, then two, and three. But the sentiment was kind of the same. I'm like, all right, you know, okay, cats get hurt every other play. You know, I was at this. Steelers game, I don't know how many cats there, but, you know, maybe out of every five plays, somebody's slow getting up, you know, you know, all right, mm. you know, roll them over. And then about the fourth commercial, I'm like, damn, man, I start walking over to the TV because I wanted to hear what was going on. And then they showed, they showed about eight times. I think it was either on TV and maybe it was on my phone, you know, maybe social media. So they showed five times cat you know, made this hit, like you said, T. Higgins really just slammed into him. And then the guy jumped up, almost like a reflex. Yeah, you jump up like I'm not hurt. You know, right. he just got to jump up, you know. And then next thing you know, he took – and one of the Bengals players was going over to brush the guy's side to go up and help up Higgins. Mm -hmm. And then the kid collapsed. And I just saw the guy who was about to help the bingo who was about to help Higgins up just have looked. And it's almost like, you know, what? You know? And then mm -hmm. that's when I realized, and by that time, everybody realized, man, this is this is serious. And then bringing all the paramedics out and it, it, everybody by that time realized, man, this shit is serious. And I guess my thought, I've always wondered you know, since covering this stuff, you know, I covered, you know, the Hank Gathers thing, Gathers died, March Madness, he like right. died on the court. On the court, right. You know, remember Reggie Reggie Lewis uh, yeah. died. And I was thinking, I guess my thought was is football had been so fortunate as violence game is, football's really dodged a lot of bullets. And I kept thinking, kind of along the lines of you said, so what would happen if somebody died on a nationally televised game, would that bring all this stuff? You know, because we talk about violence, but it's abstract. You know, it's like it's almost like like you, you remember the show. How any of you watched the, the show, like the cartoon, The Road Runner, mm -hmm. the, the Road Runner? 
And <laughs> the cat would get safe, drop the coyote. We get the safe dropped on him. It would drop off mountains right. and right. you know, right. get dynamite and blow his ass up. Right. Right. The next right. thing he's back again. Right. 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 <laughs> and it's almost like that's almost what the NFL is. You're just so used to it that it ain't real. You know, right. it's like, yeah, he'll get up, you know, fuck, you know, he'll come back or he won't. We, I don't care. You know, there'll be there'll be another coyote, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that's when at this at that point, I had really begun to acknowledge, you know, my own how much I'd been anesthetized of this stuff. And my almost desensitized. And I was like, damn, man, you know, shoot. And I don't know, I don't know if you guys felt the same way. Or, I mean, well, clearly not you, Jamal. You were just switching channels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, to the to the, to the the initial play and someone gets injured. I, I, was, yeah, I mean, it happens. It happens every game. Tw- how many times a game, man? You know, right. like 10 mm-hmm. plus times a game. So I didn't think I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, oh, uh, a stoppage of play for an injury. I mean, that's football, yeah. you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what about you, Steve? I mean, I guess the larger question is okay, we can talk about soul search and all that, but that, like just like in the wake of the Callan Kaepernick thing, Kaepernick, oh man, I ain't gonna watch this shit no more. And then within a week, you know, cast, mm-hmm. you know, the NFL didn't so so do you think that this will A, has it changed either of your minds about the game? Uh and generally, do you think it will change anything? That's a great question, man. I I well, the answer as far as my own inner feelings about it is uh, probably inconclusive because I guess the big question in my mind right now is obviously, will he be okay? And then two, uh, to the point of being, you know, is it a football injury? Yeah. And, and uh, so I'm one of those that's waiting to hear, you know, what the report is and did, did football facilitate this injury or this, this situation or was a pre-existing condition or did it exacerbate it? You know, I, I guess that question will be answered in a few days. If, if by then uh, I can say at this point in time, right now, the second, I, I still love football as a fan as much as I ever did. You know, my, I was weaned on football, you know, my father, I played football as a youth. My son played football, and you know I'm a football guy. Uh, but uh, certainly, this this event has certainly put things into perspective. And I don't know. Have we, uh, other than some of the reports we've had, instances we've had in college, you know, of players collapsing and dying, cardiac events, you know, from training, you know, being overheated, have we had a death in professional football? I, not to my knowledge in recent years, at least not on the field. So, and I guess maybe not since what the early days of the game when it was a, really a brutal game. Um, so I don't know. It's I'm, I guess altogether, I'm still sort of in the middle somewhere, but it, it, I still love the game. You know, I, I'm like you, I'll be watching this weekend, you know? <laughs> um, and uh, I just hope that this isn't football related. I hope it isn't, you know? Yeah. What about you, Jamal? Then there's a larger question about, oh, by the way, just so in 1971, uh, Chuck Wayne, Chuck Hughes, a wide receiver for the uh, Detroit Lions, died Mm. on the field. He was just running down the field, suffered a heart attack. Mm. Mm. And 
time was running out and he collapsed. And there was a scene of Dick Butkus, you know, the ferocious middle linebacker who was running over there. And I think he was there later that first he thought that the guy was just faking to try to stop time, you know. Mm. And then he must have looked down and realized it wasn't it. And he motioned, you know, for the medical staff to come. And back then the medical staff was nothing like it is uh, today. Right. Uh, but what about what about you, Jamal? Oh, by the way, Steve, you talking about your son played. I don't know how old your son is now, but do you think if if you were coming along now, your son was 11 years old now and was playing peewee football and was getting ready to, to graduate into a higher level? Um, I know it's hard to extrapolate to look, you know. But what do you what do you think that you would have changed? You you, you would change your mind? You know, that's a great question. He's 31 now, and he has two sons. And we've talked about his sons are six and three. And he decided even a couple of years ago that they weren't going to play contact football. Mm. Uh, he says he'll let them play flag football. And he's not in favor of them playing contact football unless they really, really express them that they want to. But he was telling me that he, he lives in Virginia and, you know, there's a big football culture there. And he was telling me that he would, he took his sons out to observe some youth games and he said, Dad, it's so much more intense than even when, you know, my son was playing youth football, that these coaches are out there, you know, as if this, you know, got to win the championship. And they're coaching like they're in college or the pros, man, mm -hmm. like the eight and nine-year-old kids. I said, no, I don't want my grandsons playing in yeah. those conditions. No, it's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Jamal, of course, your son plays flag football. Right. And, uh, you know, that was something. It was poignant where he asked, did he die? Uh, and then just explain what happened as your wife came over. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she gave she gave one of those looks, like, no, this is not happening. <laughs> but um, you know, I mean, he's he's eight, right? Uh, so I don't even know what I was thinking at eight years old. But you know, he 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 actually said to me, he's like, this this won't stop me from wanting to play football. That's what he said. He said that. Yeah, he actually wow. said that. So, and wow. I'm just you know, I, I just. I'm not really taking it seriously. I'm not, I'm like uh, your son, Steve. I, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to put him in some, some, uh, you know, real uh, tackle league. Now, if he wanted to do it and I thought that he could handle it, you know, I would think about it. That's where I basically am right now. You know, once he gets to high school, that that's a different thing. I played, I played high school football. Um, so, you know, my father told me, didn't want me to play football. And I, I you know, I was playing, ba I was playing basketball at a pretty high level. And when I started playing football, I started getting these injuries. So, that, you know, it probably hurt me in the long run. But I remember mm -hmm. when I was in high school, I wanted, I knew at that point, and I was pretty, I was a pretty good high school football player. I knew at that point, I wanted no parts of <laughs> division one football or definitely the NFL. I just, I was like, I'm not, I just knew, you, you know, I, I grew up watching the game. I knew how hard they hit. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that for a living. I, that's the way I felt. So, yeah. you know, I don't know how, how my son will feel when he gets older. Hopefully the, hopefully the same way. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, as a fan, I mean, we, we know this, we know that this, that this can happen. We, we've been talking about this for years. Like you said, Bill, like when, it, like, is someone going to die on the field? So it's not really, it's not really shocking when you think about it. Um, I think, it'll change me in terms of 
you know, it just rem- it's a more of a re- of a of a stark reminder uh, of how serious this is. Um, you know, I don't think it it really, you know, like you said with Kaepernick and all that kind of stuff. I didn't, I I couldn't stop watching the game. I was able to rationalize it away, even in this type of situation. You know, a lot of what the doctor said occurred. You know, a lot, at least in the beginning, is what they thought happened is that he was he he received a a blunt impact to the heart um, at the wrong time that put him in cardiac arrest. That's the way a, a few of the doctors described it, including uh, Sanjay Gupta on CNN. He said it that night when I was mm. watching, and he said that that type of injury that's that that causes cardiac arrest happens in sports, but usually not in football. He said usually it would happen. Uh, in baseball, getting hit by the baseball uh, at a high velocity mm-hmm. to your chest, or lacrosse, high velocity to your chest. So it's it's pretty interesting that these <laughs> that of all the sports, these type of that, that type of injury usually happens in other sports. And like you said, even in basketball, um, you know this type of thing happens, like gathers, but also on the high, high school level. My my old high school, my old high school coach had to, you know, this is only about 20 years, 10, 20 years ago. He had someone from the the high school I went to collapsed on the court and they had the they had the defibrillator and all that kind of stuff. When I Mm. when I was coaching at that at that high school, you know, about 10 years ago, uh, basketball, I had to learn uh, CPR uh, in order to coach. So these these things happen. And, it's you know, so, I mean, it's 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 almost part of this type of injury is almost part of every game. You know, football is just brutal in itself there. You know, you got the CTE and all, and all the other stuff that, that causes death. And we, like you said, Bill, we don't really see it. Right. It's like, we kind of push that stuff to the side. It happens 20 years. The effects come 20 years later. So we don't even have to think about it. Um, So I don't, I don't think it's going to change much at all to to tell you the truth. And I think we've seen that from the reactions I mean, I've seen it from from the way people talk about it. Uh, you know, the way it was covered. Remember, this happened Monday night. So the way I saw it was on Tuesday. It was almost like everybody had a day of reckoning, right? right. Then Wednesday, and I'm I'm talking about like sports shows and and you know football talk shows. Then as soon as Wednesday came, people tried to segue. Oh, there are some. There are games. There are games Saturday. Yeah. There are games. Yeah. Oh, wait, but but we care. Wait before yeah. we start. Yeah, we before we start, right. we're gonna. We just want to say yeah. we're, we're thinking about Demar Hamlin. Our prayers are with you. Our prayers are with him. <laughs> we don't really want to talk about the game, but we have to. Like, come on, right, right, right. Yeah, no, you you're absolutely right. That was it. Was almost like a public service announcement. Like we kind of yeah, come on. It's Thursday now. You know, Thursday it's full bloom. You know, full bloom football. You know. It's almost um, like thank God, thank God he's healthy. Not oh, that, for oh, that, not that, for that, not because he's healthy, but so we can play football. <laughs> we can talk football again. Right. Oh yeah. Now they say that we we listen to the press conferences. Today the doctor the press conference. It's some caffeine. When's he gonna be able to play? <laughs> hey, I, 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 when we got we got the alert today. We got the alert today on, the, on my phone even before the press conference saying that he he had shown. Uh, remarkable uh it was a remarkable recovery he's breathing so i was i texted I, was, I i sent that to my wife and i said to her i was like well so in other words he's questionable for a sunday 
You know, like they don't. Not even, not even doubtful. He'll be, he, they might make, they might make him doubtful tomorrow, but he's questionable right now. Uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, next man up. You know, right? Who's, right. You know, but but I, I was just wondering about this whole idea of us being desensitized, and I was just thinking how much it goes even outside of football. You know, with you know politically, you know, with with the the clown who was a president for four years. Right. And with the whole absence of shame in our culture, in other words, making shame, embracing shame, mm-hmm. you know, in other words, shame could be economically feasible mm-hmm. because the less shame you've got, I was able to get like Skip Bayless and Lana, you know, that, you know, if you could be shameless, that's clicks and attention yep. and people will watch and listen because it's like, damn, I can't believe, you know, you know, it's like, that accident, it just seems like the football thing kind of goes part to part with that. You know, we got fantasy football, and people are pissed off because man, I had this motherfucker on my fantasy football team. Shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now with gambling, it seems like all of these elements converge to make this stuff to really desensitize us to like stuff. And then, in fact, that most of these guys are brothers, you know. Yeah, you know, Bill, I I saw um, part of an interview with a former player. It may have been on ESPN, and he mentioned well on the on the on the internet and website, and he talked about how when he was playing, um, and he was out and about doing regular things, and saw some fans, and the fans didn't know he had been injured, and the fans said, "Hey, man, you know, uh, so you know, you're on my fantasy team. I'm counting on you." You know, and he said, you know, he said he wanted to knock this guy out, but you know, it's like, well, he he got a sense of it then, you know, uh, at how you know people get desensitized, and I think in a larger uh, context, I think this uh, America has been moving in this direction um, for quite some time. I think over the years, and I I think of um, I reference UFC. Which I'm not a fan of. I'm, yeah. and now, you know, some people may call it hypocritical because, you know, I was a boxing fan, and of course, boxing is a violent sport. But this UFC thing, man, I yeah. it's it's too much for me because that, you know, boxing. Of course, there's, you know, we call it the Marcus Greensbury rules and all of that. But this UFC thing, man, it seems the object of that is to literally hurt the other guy into submission. Right. Um, you know, and to injure. I mean, they basically are sanctioning and injury. And and let's see what happens there because I can't imagine that it won't be, you know, that someone won't die from that. Because that is that's like Roman gladiator stuff, man. Right. You know, I mean they have these gloves, and these gloves aren't the same as boxing gloves, but you know, you can kick, you can and then you can have a guy on the ground now, just- and women too, and just Beat him in the submission. Yeah, until they're bloody, completely bloody. I can't even watch UFC. I don't. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm a and I'm a boxing fan also. And I just yeah. and I know boxing is brutal. Um, and people died in the boxing ring, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, yeah Bernie Perrette, Sugar right. Ray Robinson killed somebody in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, yeah. I mean, you could be accused of being hypocritical, but I'm the same way. I mean, I I appreciate the art of boxing, but right. even. You know, but the UFC, man, you know, they put them in the cage. You know, they're almost like saying, hey, man, we know that this is fucked up. Right. So and we're going to just go all the way out. We're going to put it in a cage. And 
you know, and 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 like you said, that that and it's one of the most popular sports right now. I mean, it's only growing. I mean, people love it. I mean, I know plenty of people who are UFC fans. I just I can't get into it, but it's it's very very popular. So that's what people want to see nowadays. Yeah, you know. Yeah, even with you. Yeah, go go ahead. No, I mean, even with the even with the the you know people care. People just don't care unless you know the person. Uh, right. You know, even if the person dies, like people, you know, they they say their respects or whatever. I remember, you know, my father passed uh, unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. He he died in in his apartment in the in the house. And I remember coming down uh, the elevator, and someone gets on the elevator, and they just flippantly make a remark like, "Oh, some guy, you know, or some guy died upstairs, right?" And so that's you know, for me, the son to hear that, you hear some guy just flippantly like, "Oh, some mm-hmm. some guy." You heard somebody, some guy died upstairs. It just shows mm-hmm. you, like, like people don't like if it's if you don't know that person, they right. don't care. They don't care. Right, right. And it's almost like, you know, the NFL is kind of like, and I guess maybe sports in general, it's kind of like that. It's like this whole next man up, you know. And I guess to an extent, we're all expendable. I mean, everybody right. is replaceable, except. I, I guess kind of Steve, maybe in the arts. I mean, you know, you know, you couldn't replace John Cole for I mean something, you know, if you know, I mean I guess there were and, and, and even your there it was somebody had to miss the gig, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, but I, I just think it doesn't seem to be as callous. And right. they although although if you go to opera and you know, sometimes the person will come out and say, ladies and gentlemen, uh Mrs. Callous. Uh, will not be singing tonight for replacement. Then people, are like, oh, you know, people, right. there, there'll be a groan. People are like, oh, right, right, or broad, Broadway, yeah, yeah, Broadway. So, so, oh, yeah, we got the understudies in. Say, like, oh no, man, and especially with the kind of money they're charging. <laughs> and sport, right. and sports too, right? If it, if it were Josh Allen or Joe Burrow. You know, right. people will be, you know, but you know, if it's just if it's some cornerback or safety, it's it's different right. also. You know, it depends yeah. on who it is. Yeah, <laughs> and, and in the NBA with, with the load management thing. Oh you know, man, so, yeah. You know, so yeah, right. there you go. And right. it's funny, and, and our attitude toward low low if you listen to the, the basketball show about you know, and how the older players are like calling these guys soft, you know, you know, because they want to basically preserve their bodies. <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, man. I, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who played professionally for about ten years, and you know, his mark just like, you know, he's just killing these guys, man. This game is soft, and these guys <laughs> all the rules. I'm like, well, you know, the rules are preserved so people won't be like killing each other. Yeah, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> wow. See, well, there, there you go. A different perspective, different time, different perspective, you know. And, and because now, of course, the rules have been uh, modified to basically protect players, particularly off the offensive players, and more particularly the quarterback, you know. So mm-hmm. because but, they want scoring. It's almost yeah. like, are you doing it to protect them or do you want? You want more scoring, you know. Yeah. So we want yeah. to, you want to protect the offensive player. But let me ask you that. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to forget this. That, and maybe you know, we have uh, Dr. Tom Price will be joining us a little later, who's a cardiologist, internist, and all that. But uh, you you raise a good point, Steve, in that, um, and and that's what happened with Gathers. There's a myopathy. Uh, Gathers had an undiagnosed heart issue, heart ailment. 
mm-hmm. as did Reggie Lewis. Because I remember mm-hmm. I started doing a series of stories about that, about particularly young black folks who do not regularly go to the doctor. And you have all these conditions that are undiagnosed, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember this one doctor was first was saying, well, African-Americans don't really have a high episode of myopathy. Then they realized, realized that they don't go to the doctor right. as much. Right. And as soon right. as we got a larger sample size, we realized that they do have the, this myopathy because of diet and all kinds of other stuff, but it's undiagnosed. And that kind right. of got back to the thing when you're participating, do we up our pre-participatory testing? And like in the public schools, I said, man, we ain't got money to do all that. You know, we just kind of come and, you know, take your temperature and all that and hope for the best. So to your point, and we won't know this yet, but maybe, um, uh, you know, uh, this, this player, Hamlin, we don't know. Maybe there was a pre-existing condition, you know, but, but you know, but we don't know that. So. Mm-hmm. But you know, mm-hmm. even even with that, I mean, the it's it's all it's it's like we just look for excuses because there are plenty of we have seen plenty of very very serious injuries. I mean, we've seen guys get paralyzed. We yeah. see the the only thing that kept that game not from going on was like if he would have if they would have taken him off in the stretcher and he would have had just enough ability to put that thumb up, the game would have continued. Exactly. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? That's right. Yeah, so that's right. it's like. You know what? What are we doing here? And even, you know, people wanting to wanting, you know, calling for the game to be played now. Uh, you know, it's like I said, like a day later, people just want, you know, want that, you know, want to see that game again. It's it's the players themselves who who wouldn't let it happen. Well, you know, if right. if you notice at first in the in the early moments, I, I noticed that the defensive unit was already walking back on the field. Right after yeah, the ambulance right. had gone, they're so used to it. The defense, yeah, but it's just mm-hmm. conditioned. So, right. right, well, this is outside the usual. But we'll, but then I think you're right. So, coach, what my, yeah, and it may have even like Troy Benson, something, man, wait, we can't yeah. send these guys back out here to play. A, it mm-hmm. doesn't look good, it ain't a good look, right? Uh, they're not in the mindset to play, but I, I do think it must have been coaches or players, and like I said, maybe the NFL, Troy Vincent, somebody said, man, you can't, you cannot continue. This game, I could hear some of the network executives. You think there's any way we get this? Think we can slide this in? You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then what sponsors are gonna say? Well, you know, you gotta ref if you miss games, you know you gotta refund us. You right. know, the sponsors, you gotta refund us. And mm-hmm. then the network tells the NFL, you know, you gotta refund us, you know. So said, <laughs> right. well, yeah, I think well, in, the, in the long run, even even now, I think in the long run, it's a good look. I mean, I, I'm just talking about a PR situation for the NFL, it's a good look. If that they don't replay this game, period, mm-hmm. you know, the, because we'll look back in history and we'll say, oh, yeah, they didn't play. Though. That game was never finished uh, because because a player you know got seriously hurt. And I the think eternal that, game. Right. But that the, that so shows some sort this? of compassion, I, I guess, you mm-hmm. know, because yeah, they, let's yeah. say they played it. Let's say they even played it week. You know, they just made time for it the week after week 18. It's then we just it's another example. Nothing stops. Nothing stops the NFL from from doing what they have to do to get that money. Well, Mm -hmm. having said that, but what do you do? I mean, if you're like uh, I know Troy, had mentioned somebody may it may be unfair, but what would you do? Like speaking practically, because the Monday night game had so many implications, you know, for so many teams, you know, uh, Buffalo, Kansas City. 
and maybe out, you know even since they had an outside chance of finishing you know with a with a getting a buy so yeah. are you going to you're going to doubly screw buffalo you know? I think, but I think it's sports, right? It's sports. We have, you know, we as fans, we don't, we we forget, we don't care. You know, after the after the season is over, we won't care how they handled this. Once we have a Super Bowl champion, um, so you know, like we learned with COVID, like you can, you can, games can be missed. Just you know, figure out another way to figure out who's in who's in first place. Go by winning percentage. You know, games were missed during during COVID, and then you know, next year we're not going to be talking about. You know, oh, only only Buffalo fans will care that we, oh, we were screwed. Right. We didn't get we didn't get home field or whatever. We mm-hmm. don't. The rest of us don't care. Okay, when they, they and maybe the rest of us will be happy that that Buffalo doesn't have home field home field advantage. You know, <laughs> right. Right. right, right, yeah, yeah. It's very, it's very, it's very callous. Um, so, um, is is there any football to talk? Like I said, I've been doing these series of stories about Lamar Jackson. And it kind of feeds into this because, you know, so, you know, Lamar, now it looks like he's going to miss probably his fifth game. And mm. he, you know, he starts the season betting on himself because he wanted the conversation. And, and again, you, you know, he wanted, he wanted the compensation that, that uh, Cleveland gave to Deshaun Watson. Right. And even think about this, if you're talking about the moral bankruptcy of all this shit, you know, here's his brother. Uh, here's his brother, who maybe wasn't as wasn't as awful as we all thought, but it was bad enough. You know, it was bad enough, and eventually he didn't want to be traded, and it got so bad, public relation wise, that Cleveland said, "All right, all right," and all the teams that had been wrapped around the corner for his services because the guy is a great quarterback, mm-hmm. and all these teams had been. Before all the stuff start coming out, the teams were wrapped around the block. They said, hey, we'll take him. Right. But then as it got worse, it shrank and shrank and shrank, and nobody could touch him except the Cleveland Browns. And they said, you know what? And it's almost like I was having this debate with a TV person who was saying uh, well, he shouldn't be paying, playing. I said, well, wait a minute. Who's paying him? In other words, the Cleveland Browns, it's like you put your son on punishment. So I'm gonna ground you, but I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna buy you a Ferrari, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so with, with Deshaun, we're gonna punish you by giving you the biggest con- guaranteed contract in the history of professional sport. That's your punishment, you know. <laughs> and and so it, it's that kind of stuff. So so uh, Lamar Jackson is like, well, wait a minute, I'm better than this guy. I've been the MVP of the league. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been to the playoff game. And the Ravens are like kind of, you know, letting this guy grind him into the ground running. And then he gets hurt. And he says, you know what? We're not going to have negotiations. If, if we don't get a deal done when the season ends, we're going to stop. I just want to go play and play football. And the Ravens are fine. Then he gets hurt. And now the whole pendulum swings. They say, "Well, that's what we're talking about." <laughs> you know, but we can't also, rely on you. <laughs> well, but also, I like what Lamar Jackson is doing now. And I just thought about this today uh, because you know he's yet to come back. He's not supposed to play this week coming up. And you know, I think there's some dissension within the, the, within the organization whether you know he could he could technically try to get out there and play. I think Harbaugh made a, made some kind of statement, uh, kind of 
kind of alluding to that fact, um, you know, that, you know, he thought he'd be ready by now or something like that. And I, I love what Lamar is doing right now. He's, if he's, he's basically saying, if I'm not a hundred percent, you guys didn't want to pay me. Okay. Now I'm not a hundred percent. Maybe, maybe I'm 80%. Maybe I'm 85%. Whereas if I had that guaranteed contract, I might go out there and play, but now have fun with Hunt, Huntley. Uh, let's, let's see, right. let's see what he can do. Let's see if we, if, you, if we can win a playoff game without me, um, right. because I would put it on the line. I, if, if I had a guaranteed contract, but I don't. So good luck. Right. So you guys mm-hmm. don't believe in me. It's like the Ursa Kit thing and, and Santa, what is it, Santa baby? Said, I really do believe in you. Show me you believe in me. <laughs> right. Right. Because now he he can him being injured is a way for him now to flip it on them. Like, okay. Like okay, you, right. this, this is what life without yeah. me is gonna look like. And I and right, he, right. I'm sure he's played hurt before. Everybody's played hurt before, right? right. But what mm-hmm. why should he do it now? There's no right. way, you, there's no way he should do it now. Yeah, and then and then uh, although, but it works two ways because right. then it, it gets back to count. So now, unfortunately, you see uh, Trevor Lawrence down in Jacksonville, Josh Allen in Buffalo, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, uh, the kid out with the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, you see Herbert. these, uh, yeah, uh, Herbert, these cats. You know, and 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 Sunday they got beat by the kid from Pittsburgh, twenty-four year old rookie. Yep. So you're mm-hmm. right, just as Deshaun. These cats said, well, you know, shit, man, you know, maybe we need to move on. You know, we need to get, you know, one of these kind of cats, you know, who can do this. So it's almost like that's to me is what makes it intriguing. But it gets back to this whole point that we're talking about, about the callousness of this business where you're one injury away. And you're right, Jamal. Mm-hmm. I mean, the NFL is like they, they take the move to a compassion. All right. We'll be as compassionate as we possibly can, but make no mistake, you you Negroes are gonna go out there and play football, you know. And there's some cats I've heard some cats talk about they got incentives, they have incentives in their contracts, so they may need three more catches, two more sacks, you know, one more that you know. And they said, man, you know, we gotta we gotta play. So, you know, oh, uh, there was a there was a one of the best things that came out. Of, of the DeMar Hanlon situation was a, was a clip um, online that I saw from the Cleveland sports show. Uh, and it was an ex-player. His name was Ga- uh, Garrett Bush. And he, he, he had a whole, you know, uh, speech pretty much about, you know, what hypocrites the NFL are and what, what hypocrites we all, you know, we all are. And but, but particularly the NFL, um, you know, trying to, uh, pretend like they're compassionate or whatever, because he talked about, you know, disability, how they fight, how they fought against uh, disability. He, he talked about how the pensions, uh, they bring the pension amount down. They they fight hard mm-hmm. to bring that down every every time they can uh, through the mm-hmm. courts. Uh, we've talked about um, the settlements uh, of the CTE settlements. They fought yeah. that. Mm-hmm. They've made. We talked about how they made it. They they've tried to make it tougher for black. Uh, yeah, the, race, the race norming. Yeah, the race yeah. norming. Uh, tougher for black players to 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 get settlements. Uh, you know, from 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 head injuries because they're they that saying that that uh, we started out uh, right. dumber in the first place. Right. You know what I'm saying? Which is right. of course ridiculous. Right. So I mean, the, I mean, if anything good is is that the NFL gets heat on that from that part of it. You know, he he was saying 
you know, they're talking about, oh, um, we'll we'll take we'll take care of Hamlin. Like something happens to Hamlin, the NFL will take care of him. No, they mm-hmm. won't. No, mm-hmm. they won't. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. They're not going to take care of him. Hamlin is making about a hundred something thousand dollars a year. Yeah, he's not even vested yet. He's like right. uh, in his third year. Yeah, he's going to get to your yeah. fifth year before you even get vested. So, so if he never plays another game, he's not getting another check. Yeah, and 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 that, that raises a point. We talk about Lamar Jackson. The one thing that the NFL, you know, the NBA has guaranteed contracts. Right. Major League Baseball is guaranteed contract. I think even hockey has guaranteed contract. The NFL mm-hmm. is the little major league that is not giving out guaranteed contracts. And I always say we will, we will, that will be the hill that we will die on. And that's the sport that should, of them, all of them should have guaranteed contracts because they all like to say that football is a 100% injury game. So yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So if it's mm-hmm. a 100% injury game, you should, you should make my contract 100% guaranteed. And they said, you know what? Right. We but, will- or they, or they should not, right. It depends. It depends who you're, what, like what you're, what your position is. If I'm a team and I know you're going to get injured, why would I guarantee your contract? You know? So it's like, so it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. It's like, yeah. As the player, you know, at least in the NBA, you're less likely to get injured. So maybe the owners are more likely to give you a guaranteed contract because, because you the likelihood that you'll get injured is less. The mm. f- football, you're just, it's like two diametrically opposed right. <laughs> angles yeah. going. And of course the owners win. Yeah, that, but that's because the play. Then I don't know if this, if this incident here, you know, the players have, they've always lost. Right. Every time they go against the owners, they lost. Remember the one year the owners even when the players did strike, they brought in replacement players. You mm-hmm. know, right. I remember that. Right. Man, remember right. they they were busting in, they were busting in replacement <laughs> players. Construction <laughs> workers, like yeah, literal, like literal strike. <laughs> and I was a I was a kid at that time. I was a kid at that time, and that that still was wild to me. Even she as was a hilarious, kid, man. Yeah, you can. And, and, and for us, it was like, man, this is great. You can't make this. I remember being at the Jets camp, <laughs> and these brothers out there striking, and they're bringing it like in a yellow school bus. <laughs> Gross. And we would then we would write the story. Oh, so and so and so and so was a grocery worker. I'm surprised. I'm surprised there were, were were there any were there any sports reporters that crossed the line that tried to play. There were none. If we there could was none have, of that? Yeah. if we could have, I mean, but there was it was it was the shit was ridiculous, man. And then cats, but I think for a lot of cats, that's what they realized, and, and they maybe realize it today. Do they really care about us? Or are no. we just basically replacement players? Because what the owners are saying, listen, the fans just want to see the colored jerseys and collisions. Right. That's what they want to see. <laughs> they want to see the colored jerseys and collision. They don't care who's doing the colliding. They just want to see collision. So y'all can stay out there and strike if you want. But we bring in his account. Joe used to work at Home Depot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Joe Schmo from Home Depot, you know. And, it, and like you said, it made a great story. It made a great. It was story. great. Oh man, it was great. We would find every. What, what, what were you doing before? Before you were like wide receiver, man. Wait, but did I see you yesterday? You were you were picking up the trash in my neighborhood. Uh-huh. <laughs> was like, was that the cat that played for the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh-huh. That, uh, he made a movie about that, you know, with Mark Wahlberg. 
You know, uh, this cat, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, but they made a movie about that, what, about 15 years ago? Mark yeah. Wahlberg's character was just a Joe Schmo who always <laughs> wanted to play for the Eagles. He was a bartender, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they had a bunch of them, you know. <laughs> Jumped over the bar. I could do this, you know. Oh, and, and, and I guess that's the problem. That's the problem in sports in that generally, well, even that men's climate, generally there's some kind of sympathy with workers but people don't see the football players and basketball players as typical workers because there's part of it we all like you said you played football or basketball and it's a man you you are so lucky you right. so you should be so grateful that they're paying you all this money to play a sport that we play for free you know and mm -hmm. i think that's why they don't see these guys as as the same as like, you know, the policeman and that, that kind of stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. right. They're living, uh, they're living our dream. Yeah. Uh, but they, and you know, the, the fan, and we talk about this all the time too. I mean, the fan doesn't, they, and partly because it's, it's mostly black players in these sports, you know, they don't, they don't get the credit for the hard work that, that's involved right. in it. You know what I'm saying? Like people right. think that these guys are so talented they're so and it's just, it's a it's a natural thing. It's a human thing too. Like we don't want to we we want to excuse ourselves for not being as good. So we say they were just born with that. They were just born with that talent. Right. You know, right. we I could never have that talent. He was born with it. You know. Yeah. No, actually, he worked. He while you were out there doing some dumb shit. Right. You know, he all day your whole life. He was out there in the gym and on the field every every you know every hour of the day. You know, honing his skill. But we don't we don't look That's at it right. like that. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. Speaking of which, um, uh, I guess if we kind of exhausted that, um, kind of as wrapping it up, uh, I guess it's kind of in, in the NBA, uh, the Brooklyn Nets have been playing phenomenal, you know, in your borough, Jamal, in your neck of the woods. Right. right. 12, they won 12 in a row. It was snapped, it was snapped last night. Uh, in Chicago, but they, you know, they got to the point where I think they're only one game. They're one game out of the best, you know, behind the best uh, record in the league. Yeah. And, and nobody saw that coming. No, mm -hmm. well, and still, I'm still waiting. So when is Kyrie going to do some crazy shit? You know, I mean, he's either going to get hurt or he's going to go, the, the sky is not blue, it's red. Or <laughs> at, at what point does he just, he said, I cannot deal with this tranquility. I can't deal with this. I got to I got to do something out, you know, something. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be something nuts. Either he gets hurt or he makes up some shit or disappears for five weeks. And says, where were you? And I was trying to go to Mars. You know, I, you know, I was meeting with Elon Musk. I was meeting with Elon Musk. I wanted to get in the satellite to go. I wanted to get in the spaceship because I always wanted to see space, you know. You know, you know Sun Ra, right? Kyrie would he, he'd bring a Sun Ra. He'd be a Sun Ra album to practice. To so see, Sun Ra, the space is a place. So <laughs> somebody just turned him on to Sun Ra. So, I mean, I, I know I'm just going out, but just, <laughs> you know, I'm just waiting for some crazy shit from Kyrie, man. Well, it might be it might be after uh, in the off season after he signs his new contract. Remember, he's in a contract year, Bill. You know, right, so maybe right. even Kyrie understands that. 
and you know yeah. you can't you can't help the injury part. So we're waiting on that. That that could that could come. Well, he tells them brothers. Remember the brothers of Hebrews, the black Hebrews. Yeah, like right. the Kyrie he told, him to, he told him to stay away. Yeah. Hey, why'd y'all stay away, man? This is kind of, <laughs> <laughs> you can meet. You can meet at my house. You can yeah, meet at my house. <laughs> oh, brother, <laughs> you can make this stuff up, man. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, but but man. yeah, but right now, man. I mean, they they look like you know they're they're fulfilling what they were brought together to do. Um, right. You know, we'll see how long it lasts. But but yeah, I mean, it's been a phenomenal run. Um, and, Is Ben uh, Simmons playing? I, yes. I, I, yes. I, yeah. I, I'm not because I, I I always thought. I mean, I, I've got a. I I I will focus on basketball after the Super Bowl. Right. Right now, it's just like. What is all you got to run around, you know? But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Ben Simmons, because I always thought if Ben Simmons really got it right, that could be phenomenal. Right. Well, he doesn't. Like he doesn't quite have. He doesn't have it right. He's playing. Uh, he still can't hit a free throw. I think he had missed. He had missed nine straight free throws. Uh, he hit mm-hmm. one. He hit one yesterday. So he doesn't have it right yet. He's but he's playing. You know, he's still even at even at probably sixty percent of his capabilities. He seems he seems somewhat healthy. Um, but he you know he's a distributor. He's not scoring much, but at least he's rebounding and assisting. So he doesn't have the scoring thing down yet. And if that ever comes, well, I don't know. It's getting it's getting late in his career. We, that may never come. Um, yeah. But he's playing. He's playing defense. So he's doing his part. Uh, KD well, he does that. Yeah, yeah KD's playing. playing great. Kyrie's playing great. Uh, yeah. They have a bunch of guys, you know. You know, Seth Curry can shoot. They have a bunch of uh, role players that are pretty good. And I, you got to give Jacques Vaughn credit, you know, who took over yeah. after, after yeah. Steve Nash because this all has coincided with Steve Nash stepping right. down. It took right. Jacques Vaughn about a week, and they got him together. Right. right. Yeah. It's so it's so funny. <clears throat> then they were they they you know, and they were gonna get the guy from Boston. Right. They were like, if if right. it wasn't for Kyrie, right. If it wasn't for Kyrie, they were gonna hire that guy. Right. You know, right. But they eventually said we can't again, unlike un- unlike the guy who said that players couldn't go back on the field, the same thing intervenes. I mean, you can't hire this guy. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But right. but I really want I really want to. Man, I'm telling you, you can't you can't hire it. <laughs> you know, read the room. I own right. I own the room. I own the room, you know. Right. So, right. That's just so, like uh go ahead, Jamal. No, no, yeah. So no, so we'll it's see. Just, we'll like see. The, the guy, in, in, I'm sorry, switching back to the NFL, it looks like Steve Wilkes, who I thought was going to get the job at Carolina. You know, that that owner is trying to hire anybody else, Jim Harbaugh or somebody else. And here's his brother who, like, mm-hmm. saved that season, Yep. you know. and this He guy deserves Tepper. the job. He deserves that job. Oh, there's no question. He, he does. No but question. see, Tepper, the billionaire, who hired the last coach he fired, because in the interview, he said he reminded him of him. You know, right. mm-hmm. he reminded him of him. Kind and, of shit. and then look at look at Jeff Saturday in uh, in Indianapolis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that that's that's the kind of stuff that you up against. And only good thing about Saturday is that I think, and we talked about this on another show, how a lot of white coaches for the first time may have realized how black coaches felt. <laughs> right. Because right. they were insulted. Say, man, they gonna go out and get this guy. You know. Right. Yep. right. <laughs> And, and and then y'all got pissed off. I was like, well, now see, that's how we feel. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. I mean, it's still the enemy still doesn't have a job, you know, of all yeah. a guy a guy that had, he had a yeah. Super Bowl ring, 
He's been they they've won. He's the he's a he's part of the play calling situation there for how many for three four years, and they've been to the Super Bowl three three of those years or two. You know, yeah, uh, been to the AFC Championship four straight years. Well, they always say it's right. Andy Reid's offense. Well, you know, Andy Reid, you know, unless unless they lose or right. if they get to something like, well, that damn the enemy, yeah. you know. They always, they always got some excuse, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So listen, man, as we end this conversation, this is a new year. You guys, any of you have uh, any resolutions or anything that, that you're looking forward to in, in 2023? Any projects or any? Jamal, you could, your, your Kareem retiring. From flag football, <laughs> <laughs> or your wife retired him. <laughs> that that could happen. I, I, I'm just trying to I'm trying to get him into every sport. You know, maybe distract him by by other sport. We got to play in soccer. We got to play in basketball, tennis. Just throw him throw him in everything. I'm I'm the PE teacher. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's smart. But golf, you golf. Get him yep, in, yep. Got to you know, super nonviolent. It's just other <laughs> that's <issues>. true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What about you, Steve? Any any projects, any things for the new year that you're looking forward to? Well, I, I don't make resolutions, but um, just uh, hopefully that uh, things will be back on track in, uh, in the music world and, you know, live performances and uh, and just hoping that we don't have another, uh, you know, pandemic or serious outbreak. I, we know that the variants are out there, but, you know, just hope we don't get interrupted again because, uh, you know, collectively, uh, we've we've fought our way back, and um, I won't say we're a hundred percent back to normal, but uh, you know uh, we're getting there, and so hope we can just stay on track and, and keep building on it. So it's not it's yeah. not a hundred percent back. Like if you look at sports right now, it feels like sports is a hundred percent back, but but music yeah. the music is not not quite. I mean, we're we're almost there. I mean, there, you know, we lost some grounds, venues that closed and aren't coming That's back. Right. You know, and um, and and some presenters that didn't have the full season so but this year could be that turning point you know if we stay on track just you know i'd say by the second half of the year we could be could be there yeah i still get a little nervous i'm i'm, I'm supposed to be going to smoke you know billy harper is celebrating his 80th birthday wow uh in a couple of days wow. and smoke they're having a big celebration and i still get you know you know even when i'm thinking about going to vegas for the game or whatever you know i was down at Atlanta for the Celebration Bowl. And uh, I guess this is just a new normal where, you you know, I've, I've got all the vaccines that you've got to become a vaccine junkie, a vaccine addict, you know. Uh, but, you know, coming back, getting tested. I mean, yeah. it's, I wonder if that's just the new normal that you do these things, maybe wear a mask when you can. Uh, and then as soon as you leave these events, get tested, you know, and make sure you have something. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm vaccined out. You know, I got all the vaccines. I got the flu shots. That's, I mean, that that's the way I look. And you're right. You know, if you if you're in a situation uh, that looks a little dicey, throw that mask on on top of it. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I'm glad that we could commiserate around Demar uh, Hamlin. Um, it it you know it seems like we're all cautiously optimistic, uh, though I won't be like the the, the, the reporter asked the doctor. Is he going to be able to play? But he's like, so when, when can he come back and play football? I was like, right, is this guy serious? Yeah. Oh, um, and of course, of course, the doctor, the doctor said, you know, that that's a long way away. We're just trying to get him healthy. Okay, yeah. R- relax. Yeah. Well, what 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 use is it if he can't play? You know? Exactly. Right. So, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, who knows if he? I, you know, I assume he wants to play because the first question was, uh, 
you know, did we win? I guess, but you know, we don't even know if he wants to play again. Well, let's let's yeah. wait and see what he wants to do. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, but again, again, winding down, he was just like in his third year. Right. And mm-hmm. so he's not like one of those guys who had made all the money and who, no. you know, afford to quit. And, you know, we didn't even touch on Tua, and maybe that's mm. another segment. But, again, the NFL has so much stuff to clean up, you yeah. know. Because uh, remember, early in the season, Tua was damn near didn't know where he was. Man, it was wobbling off the field. And he came back to play in the second half, you that's know. Right. And it was yeah. his back injury. You and know. even even the last game, remember the last game we saw him, uh, we didn't know what you know. He he said after the game that he he had con- concussion symptoms, and obviously he's been held out ever since. But those he played that whole game, and in in the fourth quarter of that game, he threw two of the worst interceptions I've seen. So you yeah. cannot tell me he he wasn't. I mean, you know, I just it, it's it, it looked like he was feeling the effects while playing quarterback because he threw two passes directly to the other team. When, yeah. when I was like, and then when when the concussion thing came out later, it made it made perfect sense. Yeah, and and you know we didn't touch into this about this health stuff, but how many, you know, when I hear people talk about, particularly these white folks, you know, uh, about, oh my son's not going to play. Well, your son probably going to play anyway, you know. But <laughs> but there's this whole thing about there are a lot of a lot of folks, a lot of black folks who are playing who are not going to make this kind of money. This right. is their only shot. Right. to make millions of dollars because right. they're not going to do it the legitimate way, you know. And so um, I was thinking of Tua, how Tua apparently moved his whole family. They came over from Hawaii or something to Alabama. So in some ways, he is, you know, he is the the market, yeah. you know. He's mm-hmm. the guy. And, and it, when you think about it, he's he's probably playing for his family. So mm-hmm. he ain't going to tell him. And how many other cats like that? I ain't telling you you got a concussion. You know, I'm not telling you I'm hurt because I know that I will be replaced. Tua, who knows, Lamar Jackson could end up in Miami. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. Mm-hmm. right. You know, so, you know, replaceable part. Anyway, listen, man, that's been a great conversation. Uh, Steve, always great, you know, seeing you, having you on the show. Yeah, well, listen, man, best of luck with the teaching, the playing, the performing. Welcome uh, back to uh, Bill Rodino Sports. Here, of course, with my friend and colleague, the great Jamal Murphy, and thanks to uh, Steve Wilson. Um, now I'd like to bring in uh, a friend uh, and uh, um, actually my, my internist and just a, a great physician, uh, the great Tom Price uh, Jr., cardiologist. He's uh, with uh, the Northwell Health System and Phelps Hospital uh, in, in New York. And uh, he also played football at, at Dartmouth. I think he was the captain of his his team from Ohio. So he grew up with the, uh, grew up in football uh, and as a football fan. So Tom, welcome to the show. Are you still a football fan after, after everything we've seen? And despite, you know, the violence and potential for energy, uh, injury football remains my favorite sport. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So tell me. So, so, so we'll 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 get into that, man. We'll see if we can make you guilty. Uh, but um, did you happen to see the event uh, Monday night or Monday night football? Were you tuning in like the rest of us Neanderthals? I I, I did. I, I saw it as it occurred, real time. And and take us through it, man. What was your thought? I mean, I guess 
we're looking at it, everybody was horrified, but I guess if you were in the medical profession and a car, you were looking at through a prism. So what, take us through what you saw and how you looked at what unfolded. Well, you know, I, I saw the kid get hit, stand up and then collapse. Uh, so it was pretty clear. It wasn't like a neck injury, that sort of thing. He'd never been able to get up. And that kind of collapse, you know, occurs with a heart abnormal rhythm and arrhythmia. So my first impression was, yes, the kid has had an arrhythmia and he took a blow in the chest mm -hmm. that can result in pretty severe and significant abnormal heart rhythms. It actually has a name. And the name is commodio cordis, C-O-M-M-O-T-I-O, and the second word C-O-R-D-I-S, commodio cordis. And that's a medical name for cardiac abnormal rhythms that result from blunt trauma to the chest. And blunt trauma to the chest doesn't always cause that problem. In fact, while I was watching it, I got a call uh, from David Dinkins Jr., Mm. And he's the mayor's son. And Dave is involved in boxing. He called, he said, no, Tom, what, what happened? I mean, we have guys get hit in the chest all the time and that doesn't happen. Well, mm. there's a difference between getting hit in the chest with a, with a gloved fist mm. versus a helmet and somebody mm. running at you full speed. So there are certain things, ground rules for developing this rhythm. One is significant blunt force to the chest. But it's not the only thing. It's got to occur at a time of vulnerability in the heart rhythm. There's that EKG, that QRS, ST segment. So it has to occur at a certain point in that cardiac cycle that is at risk to develop the abnormal rhythm. So it could have happened at any particular point in time, and there are more points in time where he'd gotten hit in the chest and nothing would have happened. Mm. He happened to get hit in the chest at the exact time when his heart cycle was vulnerable and it resulted in an abnormal rhythm called ventricular fibrillation. It does not pump blood. You don't get blood to the brain, you pass out. So that's why when he stood up, it was, it was okay for a few seconds and then he goes down. And now his heart is essentially not beating. Mm. And that's a cardiac arrest. The survival with a cardiac arrest is dependent upon a number of factors. One, how quickly you get resuscitated and they restore your heart rhythm. And what are your underlying health problems? That mm -hmm. is to say, somebody 24 year old with a cardiac arrest and, and no medical problems who gets resuscitated versus a 70 year old with a cardiac arrest who gets resuscitated. The 70 year old with medical problems, but the same resuscitation won't do as well. Mm -hmm. So here we got a young guy and a, and a pretty quick resuscitation. I didn't really see how quickly, and, and, the, and the resuscitation involves an electrical shock to the heart mm. to restore the heart rhythm. And uh, I was told, as they, like everyone else, that his heart rhythm was restored on the field. So I'm gonna assume that means that he got the electrical shock and his rhythm came back. So now his outcome will depend upon how much brain damage he had because they didn't get the blood supply. Mm. They, they, they said today, the doctors, uh, and by the way, uh, you studied uh, at, at that hospital in Cincinnati, right? Where he's, uh, uh, where, where he's as a matter of fact, I, I did go to medical school at the University of Cincinnati. I spent four 
I guess you would say very eventful years uh, <laughs> in that in that medical hospital hospital and system. Huh. Uh, because they, you know, but they were saying that the doctors there held a, a press conference, and they were saying that the, today uh, he actually wrote a note, or communicated them, asked them who won the game. Now, is that reflective of? I mean, what does that mean? Does that mean he's conscious enough? To a know that he was in a game uh, is what? What should we make of that? I mean, because they were well, the whole post conference was like having a parade about how great that was. That that is excellent news. The there's a resuscitation procedure after someone has a cardiac arrest. You know, like when you injure your knee, your knee swells, and you put ice on it. When someone has a cardiac arrest that's observed and gets resuscitated, there's something called a hypothermia protocol. That patient was brought into the hospital. And I'm, I'm going to assume, I don't know for a fact, but I know this is what happened. So I'm assuming this is what they did. That he got into the hospital and they put him on a hypothermic protocol. So Grayman, he gets on his cooling blanket, he's iced down, and his body temperature is brought down to the mid-80s, from 98.6 down to 88 or 87. So basically, you were cooling him down, trying to cool his brain so it does not swell, and you limit the brain damage. Mm. And that protocol goes for usually 72 hours. So I'm not surprised that we're hearing about this now, three days later, that he's getting better. Because after you know, uh, uh, 72 hours or so, you start to you, you turn off the blanket, you warm him up, uh, you start to wean him from the respirator, uh, you leave that on until they can you know, breathe well, and then you do a mental assessment and you see how they're doing. Uh, and the fact that he's communicating and writing is a very good sign. He could have full recovery. Mm. Mm. So, mm. so doctor, you mean a, like a hundred percent full recovery is possible? 100% full recovery is possible. I don't know the fellow's name, but there was an NHL player who four or five years ago uh, was struck in the chest with a hockey book mm. and had the same problem. Cardiac arrest in the arena, uh, defibrillated, resuscitated, and went back to play. Not not that year, but went back to play. Went back to the sport. Huh. Right. So, so do uh, you do you would you consider this? I mean, you mentioned the hockey. I I saw a couple of doctors. Uh, you know, at, right after it happened, mentioned that it's unusual for in a football sense. Like they've seen it in baseball with a ball, it's hits them or lacrosse where where you're hit with a ball. So you th do you do you look at it as almost like a freak? accident in terms of happening on a football field? It's really kind of a, a, a localized blunt trauma. And most of the time you get a football field, you know, it's just like, okay, you fall on the ground, you know, your whole chest hits the ground. Your heart doesn't take that sort of, you know, focused um, trauma. In this particular case, you know, it was a helmet to the chest, but localized enough at exactly the wrong time um, to create the problem. Uh, so it is the most common set of circumstances where that, that pitcher catches a line drive in the chest. So it's, you, the, the most common set of circumstances are actually like, you know, kids, you know, playing baseball, you know, little league baseball, high school baseball, and they get uh, that, that hard ball in the chest. So it's that focused trauma into the chest that does it. Football, it's usually not that focused in that spot where you're likely to have this arrhythmia. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting now with the rules change of the game, they've changed the target area. 
you know, the target area now is is at the chest area, uh, you know. Um, so I'm wondering uh, if if the likelihood of I mean, because you you know, man. I mean, you were running back. Guys get hit in the chest all the time. But you're right. Maybe not that directly. Not that kind of direct impact. Yeah, you don't you don't get that localized direct. You get a lot of impacts. You know, you're falling on the ground of people hit, you know, hitting you with shoulder pads, but it's not that focused local impact that creates that problem. And the reason why, you know, how many times has this occurred? This right. is the first time. So it, it's a it's a rare occurrence. The likelihood of this happening again is extremely rare, not zero, but the likelihood of this going to happen is, is extremely rare. I mean, how many years have they been playing football? And how many times has this happened? So I'm not concerned that there's going to be suddenly an epidemic of people having commodio cordis of getting busted in the chest. <laughs> yeah, but of course you hear now the same thing about people calling to ban the game, and the mothers are like, you know, my son's not playing football. You know, there's always that. But this injury almost was, and I guess the other thing: what are the odds that we are talking about Hank Gathers' thing and and Reggie Lewis when there there was cardiomyopathy? Which it was undiagnosed, and and the other what what is the problem if this kid could have had some type of undiagnosed uh, heart issue? Well, that's not out of the question, um, and it certainly depends on his assessment that he's going to have. He's going to have a full assessment of any cardiac risk or antecedent problem that he might have had. So he's going to have that, and a much bigger problem than the blunt trauma causing the problem are kids who do have a congenital lesion of the heart that, that cardiomyopathy has been undiagnosed and they are at risk to have a spontaneous abnormal rhythm. It does not require blood trauma. It doesn't require anything except you know, you're walking around with this, with this undiagnosed heart problem. Um, there's, there's, at one point in time, there was kind of a movement to have kids have you know, echocardiograms it's a relatively expensive test. The vast majority of the time it's negative. Uh, so it really should be done only in kids who have a heart murmur or who have a family history of heart disease. But, you know, you, I guess you don't know. I mean, that was part, I remember in the uh, aftermath of the gathers thing, I, I started doing stories about this and what it, it came out that, you know, a lot of, Black folks don't have that type of relationship to the medical profession where they get routine examinations, you know, so they just walking around, have no idea. And, and sometimes with the kind of diets, you know, the exact kind of diets that, you know, that would lead to this kind of stuff. So I guess um, so it's like it's like a dilemma um, that you don't have you don't get checkups. You don't have that kind of relationship with the medical profession. And most of our kids are playing these games. They're, they're, you know, they're playing football, basketball, and you don't know. And they say that these tests are expensive. You know, uh, so what do you, you know, what do you do if, if, if you know, somebody's listening to this and they want their son to play sports? What, what type of tests should you have just to make sure that there are no, there are no secrets, there are no surprises, rather? Well, they don't. They, they don't necessarily have to have an echocardiogram, which will, you know, run you know several hundred dollars. Um, what they do need to have is a a competent physician 
put the stethoscope on the chest and listen for a heart murmur, that abnormal sound. Because the kids who have the cardiomyopathies have a murmur, a characteristic murmur. And it doesn't take a cardiologist to hear the murmur because it's pretty prominent. But if, if, if your son or daughter who plans to get into competitive sports has a murmur, then they should see a cardiologist. But they should see first their primary care physician, their pediatrician, just for a routine examination, you know, and a stethoscope on the chest. And that's not expensive. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the last thing, Tom. I mean, this kind of gets, we'll, we'll end the conversation where we started. This does not detour you one iota from watching Monday night football, Thursday night football, Saturday, Sunday. You're still, you know, you're still like, like all of us. We talked about, I felt a little, I, I felt a little, um, I felt guilty because when I first, I see this stuff so many, so many times of covering sports, covering the NFL, you, you, every, every three plays, somebody stays down. You know, every, almost every three or four plays, somebody's down. Normally, they'll get up and walk off on the power. Sometimes they'll be helped off. Sometimes they may be carted off, but you're just used to happy endings that maybe it's a torn cartilage or ACL or something like that. Uh, but when you see it, you say, okay, well, it's just, all right, you know, on to the next. You know, and I was thinking, man, how callous have I become? You know, not callous, but um, uh, desensitized have I become? And I, and I was wondering what you think about that, because even in your profession, to a certain extent, don't you have to become desensitized? Because you, you see a lot of stuff, you know, you see a lot of trauma, uh, and you just can't freak out. You know, I, don't, I don't know if the word is desensitized, but what, what do you have to do to kind of, you know, be able to function? Well, you know, I was watching the game with my daughter, and we were, you know, as the events unfolded and she was getting upset, she says, Daddy, why aren't you upset? And I said to her basically, I said, honey, this is what I do. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want a doctor who's upset. I want a doctor who's going to be effective. Right. I, I, can be, I can be concerned uh, without being upset. And in terms of how I regard football, you know, um, it's not like we're watching gladiators fighting to the death. Right. Football is a physically violent sport, and it's a crippling sport, but it's not a lethal sport. Mm. These kind of things are, are rare. And again, how many, all the years we play football, how many times does this happen? One. Right. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not concerned that, the, that this is a, a risk for other players and that we should be concerned about this. I mean, I do think there's a greater risk from players having a cardiomyopathy that's undiagnosed. Mm. I mean, I think that is an issue. In fact, many years ago, when there was a World League of American Football, I was a cardiology consultant for the Knights, which was the world team. Reggie Williams, you might remember, of Cincinnati Bengal fame, mm. was a general manager. And uh, the World League had players, three players from the NFL. And for them to play in the World League, uh, the NFL would guarantee if they get injured, they would get uh, three years of salary. But that came with a Lloyd's of London insurance policy. And Lloyd's of London said, we're not insuring them unless we have a careful physical exam, including examinations by cardiologists. So I actually went to Orlando. They had all the players come down. We examined them. 
EKGs and echocardiograms on it. And we found a player, an NFL player, who had a hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, wow. undiagnosed. Lloyd's refused to cover him. He went back to uh, his hometown in Atlanta, got a cardiologist, um, got treated, uh, and actually, you know, on medications, went back to playing football. Mm. So, you know, I, I think football is inherently violent. That's one of the reasons why we watch it. We like seeing people get right. knocked around. Right. I mean, s sports, you know, in terms of historically began as an alternative to war. Mm -hmm. Rather than send our players out to kill one another, let's have this sporting event and see who wins and don't have to fight to the death. Um, so football is probably the epitome of, of, of what is comparable to almost a, a war or a battle. And I think the people who play it inherently understand that. I'm just like, I'm, I'm a cyclist. So I ride a bicycle. I understand every time I get on a bicycle and take a ride, it's a risk. It's a risk from, you know, just, just having a crash. It's a risk from cars. It's a risk from other bikes. It's a risk. There's a risk in getting up every morning. And I think these football players haven't thought about it. And I think now it's front center that, you know, what, what are some possibilities here of my injury? They all understand the risk of becoming crippled and accept that. Uh, and of course, recently we all talk about the concussion risk. That's something that's also unwelcomed, but a real part of the sport. I do think, and I do understand when mothers say, I don't want my, my son to play football uh, because there are things that can happen which are not good. But football remains my favorite spectator sport. Cycling is my favorite participatory sport. Mm. sport. But in terms of what I want to watch, you know, I'll watch a football game any time of the day and night. Um, mm. And I think there are a lot of people who, who still do that. Although I think the numbers of people who do feel that way, you know, are, are on the decrease. Right. Mm. I'm, I'm right. I'm right there with you. I still, uh, if a football game's on, I'll probably watch it. I just have one last question, more, more so about like youth sports, because you mentioned the baseball um, that happens often uh, in terms of that particular injury that happened to Hamlin. Could that, could, could that happen in youth football, if, if someone threw a football directly into a kid's chest, or is that, is that so unlikely that not enough force? Could, is that possible? It is absolutely possible. A pointed football, and that would really be localized trauma. I mean, if a kid took that, you know, that fastball from that, you know, four or five-star quarterback in the chest, again, it, it requires not only the trauma, but the timing, if he hits the timing of that vulnerability in that EKG, then you get the arrhythmia. So is it a possibility? It is, but it's kind of like, you know, the lotto. You know, you got a ticket, it's possible, but it's really remote. So I, you know, my kids are adults, but if my son was playing sports, a daughter playing sports, I would not change their participation based upon any recent occurrences. Right. Mm. Mm. Well, that's great. Well, that's great. Uh, Dr. Thomas J. Price, cardiologist, friend. Uh, he's with uh, the Northwell Health System and Phelps Hospital. Go see him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and don't, and don't, leave, don't leave out Lenox Hill. They get, everybody gets kind oh. of sensitive. Oh. Phelps and, 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 and Lenox Hill. Uh, 
Felix and Little Hill. Sorry about that. So it's Dr. Thomas J. Price. He's with the Northwell Health System and Lenox Hill and Phelps Hospitals. Go see him. Look him up. Tell him I sent you. <laughs> Tell him. <laughs> hey, 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 Tom, thanks so much, man. This was great. And uh, how many miles did you ride today? Hey, I'm right. What I'm riding now is, is this chair and his office and these patients, man. So I, I, still, I still got a few more to see. But you know what? Oh, okay. it, uh, I mean, the temperature's up. I, I ride yeah. in the dark. I don't mm -hmm. ride in the dark and the wet, but I'll ride mm -hmm. in the dark. I'll ride in the cold. You know, I, I was talking to a friend the other day who, who considers himself a serious bike rider. But then he says, oh, no, I don't ride in the winter. I said, well, you're not as serious as you think. <laughs> I know. Hey, man, it's all relative. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tom. Right, okay, hey, listen, doctor. Thank, thanks thanks so much, guys. man. This, right. this was fantastic. Uh, okay, man. Talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. Right, right. That was a great Tom Price. Um, like a cycling enthusiast, uh, a heck of a cardiologist. And that was really good insight. Um, you know, so for all you all you parents out there who are freaked out, keep sending your kids to these football camps. We need you. We need that raw, fresh meat. That's right. And catch, catch the ball with your hands. Don't let it get to your catch chest. It. That's right. Don't let it get to your chest. <laughs> all right. Hey, man, well, 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 tomorrow that'll do it for us. Yes. Um, because everybody um, continue to be safe out there. Uh, don't be a non-vaxxer. Get your vaccinations. Stay safe. I think this... Uh, coronavirus is going to kind of be like the flu in that it's just going to be out there. It's going to be with us. So right. be safe, be careful, and, uh, you know, continue to pray for peace. God bless. See you next week. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube